Welcome back to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. This week we'll be learning about the South Pasadena Community Garden with the help of the co-chairs, Margie Whalen and Erin Mosco. Together they walk us through the ways in which the garden and its members engage with the community, how their garden differs in the ways of lease rotations, the ways they were influenced by COVID to donate excess food to food banks, and the process and expectations of becoming a member of the garden. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the interview. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Welcome back to this episode of Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. Today I'm here with Margie and Erin. They're the co-chairs of the South Pasadena Community Garden. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. I'm just very excited that you guys are here and that you're just volunteering your time to just talk on the show. Happy to do so. We love yeah. talking about gardening. I know that's what I absolutely love. Unfortunately, I don't get too much of it here in Pasadena where I live. I was just wondering too, um, because you guys are so involved with the garden, I was wondering if you could run down just the history of the South Pasadena Community Garden. Well, we started in May of 2015 and we're located in a former lot that was one of those Caltrans lots that had been designated for the building of the freeway that never happened, we're grateful to say. Right. So a group of people from the community worked together to make plans, to choose a location. And so five years ago, we had a huge crowd of volunteers from the city help us build We've done a lot of fundraising to get the money for the raised beds, and so we've been there for the last five years. It's been splendid. That's wonderful. No, I love hearing that too, especially because this is like a recent community garden. Um, a couple of them that I've been to and volunteered at, you know, they'll say like, oh, I've been here for 50 years, but I love saying that any community garden can be generated at any time. It just takes time and effort and, you know, dedication to that, to bring that to life. Right, right, right. It certainly was a community effort. There were people who are now on the city council who did sort of the legal groundwork to, to research the kinds of rules we'd need to put in effect and put us in contact with the LA Community Garden Council, which is an umbrella organization that oversees, I think about 40 community gardens all oh, over wow. the LA Basin. So a lot of people did a lot of work to make this possible and we're really grateful. Including Margie, who was a founding member uh, of the garden. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the funny story about that is there was a city council meeting to see who'd be interested. And they were looking at a number of lots around town. And there was a group there who were essentially there to say, don't put it in our backyard. Because I think they were worried about traffic and I don't know what. Riffraff. <laughs> And right. so that was our opportunity to say, we'd love it on our street. And that's how it came to be on the street in Magnolia. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I was just wondering too, um, how would you say that your community garden is different to others around Pasadena or possibly in the Altadena area? Sure. Um, our garden is, I'd say it's on the medium size. There are some pocket community gardens nearby. Um, and then there's some very large ones that might, Margie, what was the one that had like 200 plots or something like oh, that? Wow. So our, just to give you a context, our community garden has 39 plots. 
um, and one plot per household. Um, and you lease it for the year, basically. So you can plant whatever you want in that plot. Um, and then around us, we have, much like other community gardens, we'll have communal fruit trees or an herb bed, some of those things. Um, I think what makes our community garden very special to South Pasadena is the community involvement that we have. We've had, gosh, I wanna say maybe close to 10 scout projects, both Boy Scout and Girl Scout projects. Like Margie said, we had so many people come to build the garden that didn't even garden in it. They were just wanting to right. help out in the community. Um, and we get to be a part of a lot of community events and festivals. So I would say the way that the community has embraced us is um, very special to South Pasadena. Yeah, I'd agree. One other interesting difference is that from the beginning, we oh, yes. established ourselves as a garden that would rotate its plots every two years so that again it has to do with community so that anybody in the community would eventually have a chance to garden there there are gardens oh, wow. in the la basin where people wait for decades for a plot because you once you have a plot you can keep it for as long as you participate and so we're proud of the fact that eventually anyone in South Pass who has applied will be able to garden. So it's pretty democratic in that way. And we like that too. That's so wonderful. And I've, I've heard of people where they say like, oh, I've been on this wait list for five years or, you know, there's a hundred people on this wait list and yet there's, there can only be like 50 plots. So that's really wonderful that you guys do take into consideration that, hey, everybody would like a churn here and everybody, you know, might need that churn. And I was wondering too, because you mentioned that there are a couple of, um, you know, community gardens popping up um, around that area. Like, do you guys ever work with other community gardens? We sometimes had a couple of emails from folks in neighboring communities that were in the planning stages or the thinking about it stages. And so we, we always share whatever information we can when we get those kinds of emails. And Margie has also um, been our liaison to the Los Angeles Community Garden Council. So they'll have um, regular meetings where they'll bring together the leadership of the El Sereno Community Garden, the Pasadena Community Garden, the um, Redondo Beach, whatever. <laughs> There's so many community gardens. Uh, and they'll come together and share best practices and um, get some tips and ideas. So that's been helpful too. I think if there were folks who were thinking they'd like to start a community garden, getting in touch with the LA Community yes. Garden Council would be an absolute godsend for getting them started because they have so much experience when we built out all of our all of our plots all of our raised beds they sent a lovely young man out to guide us and you know otherwise we'd still be out there trying to figure out how to put all those pieces together he, he just got us lined up and running a kind of assembly line. So we got all the beds built in one day and it's because of the representation that the LA Community Garden Council sent. So they're a really good organization. 
That's so kind. And it's really cool to see that not only are these communities coming together, but it's just like you guys are forming community um, with the different parts of, you know, Pasadena, Los Angeles County. And how would you say that those who really, you know, aren't very experienced with gardening, um, how do you guys engage with them and provide learning opportunities for them? Well, I'll take this one because <laughs> I was a first time gardener three years ago. And this was my very first time ever gardening. And I saw something in the paper, I think. Um, I don't know. I saw something around town about the South Pasadena Community Garden and I sent in my application. Um, and it was my very first time gardening. So I think there is a lot. Um, we do a welcome orientation. So we have our garden manager who's a volunteer, welcome new gardeners, show you where the tools are, the compost, show you your plot, give you some basic advice. Um, and then we have monthly, well, pre-COVID, we had monthly uh, community and work days uh, where all the gardeners come together and we would share um, best practices or have um, a speaker lead a workshop on tips like companion gardening or herbs. Um, so I've learned a lot through those. And then honestly, it's just a lot of learn by doing trial and error. <laughs> Every year my tomatoes get a little bit better because I get a little smarter. So. <laughs> But we love first-time gardeners. We have quite a few who join us and it's been really fun to see how people have learned about the food and the food sources. And um, I was just gonna say, I think people who have gardened for a long time, like we love it when somebody wants to know about our favorite subject in the world. <laughs> so there's a lot of learning that goes on informally when we have our monthly pre-COVID work days we not only work together on the communal errors, but there's a lot of sharing of ideas and information where a veteran gardener will give tips to a new gardener and it's a pleasure for them both. So that's been a really nice aspect. That's cool. I was gonna ask too, you guys mentioned composting. Um, do you guys only take in compost from the gardeners and the members there, or do you take in compost from the community around the community garden as well? We just take the community garden members compost because we don't have enough bin space to take all of the cities. Um, and compost, Margie can give you more of a background on that, but it is a, um, it is a process. And especially when you have 39 households contributing to it and what, some people think it's compostable and some people don't think it's compostable. Uh, so there's a lot of management that has to go into the compost bins. So we have our hands full with, with the 39 households that we have. <laughs> we usually refer people who are interested and we do get a lot of- uh, We do. Lovely, we get lots of emails from folks who would like to bring garden wastes to contribute to compost. And there's an organization called LA Compost. You can find them online who do wonderful work all over the, the basin with folks who are interested in composting. So while we don't accept it, LA Compost is a great resource for helping people to do that. 
And I'd just like to take a moment to remind the listeners that you're listening to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. If you'd like to learn more about KUCI's schedule, you can find more information on our website, KUCI.org. And if you want to learn more about Local Love, you can find all of our information on our Instagram at Local Love KUCI. I'm here with Margie and Erin, and they're the co-chairs of the South Pasadena Community Garden. We're just currently talking about the ways in which the community garden was founded, as well as the ways as they've been bringing in the community and teaching those who have been there and newbies how to engage in the garden and what learning opportunities are provided in the garden. What are the type of members that you see engaging with the garden the most? Well, we have a really nice mixture, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I think that's evolved over these last five years. So we have young families with children who want, and these folks want to introduce their their young children to gardening, and they're a lovely part of the garden. We have retirees. We have people who are living in condos and apartments who don't have space to garden. We have folks who have gardens at home, but who want to garden in community. Um, It's just a pretty broad range of participants these days. And how have you adapted to with your participants during the COVID times? Well, it has been a a learning curve, I think, for everyone, um, because such a big part of our community garden is the community aspect. And we really miss those monthly work days that we used to have together and get to see each other. So um, this Saturday is actually our very first Zoom garden meeting. So we'll see how that goes. We're looking forward to it. Um, We've also, on the leadership team, um, at the start of COVID, divided up the list of all the gardeners and did personal check-ins to start more of a one-to-one communication, and then regular emails um, and social media. It's not the same as in person, but we're trying our best. And that's what matters. And what steps do you have to take to become part of the garden or a member of the garden? There's an application, I'm, I'm hesitating here because Erin uh, may be able to give us the most current information on the application process and whether it's on the website yet or not. Like, tell me. I it don't has know. not been updated on the website um, with COVID. It, it's hard to get some things done because everybody's kind of scattered, but it will be shortly. Uh, But it's a simple application process that you fill out and um, you send in a deposit of half the annual dues to um, secure your space. And right now we do have a wait list. So you hang out on the wait list until a plot opens up. And then um, as they open up, we welcome new gardeners through orientation. We do have, um, per the the founding guidelines of our garden, um, some geographic preferences that we have. So if you're within 500 feet of the garden, you are first preference. If you are a South Pasadena resident, um, that's the second tier, and then anyone um, else after that. So um, we kind of use those as our markers for um, who gets in. But as Margie mentioned, because of our turnover limits, uh, or our leasing limits, everybody will eventually get a chance to garden. And then it's just an annual due that you pay that helps us cover things like water and tools. Right. And what can you expect your duties to be um, once you become a member? Like, are you expected to um, take care of the garden grounds as well? Great question. Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, that was a challenge in community gardens, but we've been really fortunate with our gardeners um, who are great. We have 
once a month, again, pre-COVID, once a month work days in which folks come either on Saturday or Sunday and work for two hours on communal spaces. Um, folks are also, folks who can't come to those meetings are asked to log in two hours a month of communal work somewhere in the garden to let us know they're taking care of communal aspects. Um, folks are asked to keep the areas around their plots clear. So it's a two hour a month commitment for work outside your own plot. Right, and are those members still coming in uh, during these COVID times to help uh, manage the, the plot of lands that they're both um, you know, members of, but also just the grounds around the garden in general? Primarily now folks are scooting in and out <laughs> and taking care of their own plots. We have a, a, some garden managers who have been just champions throughout this who are doing a lot of the work. Lori is one of them doing a lot of the work in those uh, communal spaces. We may have to figure out something depending on how long the COVID uh, situation continues to get a little bit of help on the communal maintenance. But I, honestly, I think the garden looks better than it's ever looked right now. <laughs> you know, maybe because we all have time to go in and tinker around. I don't know. Right. And like, what are the general expectations for being a member? When you have 39 families who are gardening together, you have to have clear guidelines and rules to help everyone just get along together. Um, but I do want to, before going into any of that, emphasize the spirit of our garden, which has been really, really important to the leadership team to keep up. Um, it's a mantra that um, a former board member came up with, and it's um, remedies, not rules. So as we see things come up, we really want to try to find a solution instead of um, coming down with a hammer. So I think one of the best examples of this is um, one of our rules is that you have things growing into the um, aisleways around your plot. So no watermelons or squash that kind of go into your neighbor's space. We had a lot of people who wanted to grow watermelon and squash. So they were still planting it in their bed and then what do you tell them to rip it up? I mean, it's just kind of a nuisance. So um, remedies instead of rules, uh, we created an, what we call an unruly bed. <laughs> so it's an area of the garden where we gardeners can sign up for a space to let their plants grow wild. So for your vining plants, for your favas, for any of those things that kind of take up a lot of space, we now have you just put them in a different area of the garden so that the aisles can be clear. So that's what a lot of our rules or guidelines are based around or are things like that to just make it easier for everyone to, to garden together. We also were told when we were first starting the garden by experienced yeah. community gardeners, like composting will be the most controversial <laughs> you'll have to address. <laughs> and so, you know, we've worked together, uh, Sheila, the woman who came up with uh, Remedies Not Rules, uh, was working with the compost and you got to get people to chop stuff up and it's hard to get them to do it because it is like the most boring thing in the universe. So she 
created uh, what she called the guillotine, the guillotine in the back of the garden. So it's a chopper that helps us chop things. So we keep trying to do solutions to the things that come up when you're gardening communally. And we've been really fortunate so far in having things work in the way that they have. And one um, fun activity, and this was Margie's idea last summer, is, you know, if you people need to be reminded of the rules. You don't want to do it. You know, gardening is supposed to be fun. This is somebody's, you know, it's everybody's hobby. It's what we do after work. So we don't want to come down and have a whole lecture on rules. So can you make it a fun thing? So we created a trivia game um, during one of our work days where we divided the garden into teams and we asked trivia questions that all related back to the rules. Like, what are the four things you're not allowed to plant in your, in your bed? Um, and if they can come up with all four things, they got some seed packets or something. So trying to make it a little more fun instead of being so strict. I think that's the way to do it too. And we're just going to take a moment to hear a message from KUCI. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. And welcome back to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. Just to remind the listeners, once again, if you would like to learn anything more about KUCI, you can find more information at KUCI.org, or you can check out our social media handles at KUCI-FM on Twitter and Instagram. Once again, if you would like to learn more about Local Love, you can find more of the schedules on our Instagram at Local Love KUCI. I'm here with Marty and Aaron, the co-chairs of the South Pasadena Community Garden, and we're just talking about the community and how it engages everyone into learning the gardening techniques, as well as what it takes to become a member of the garden. I was gonna ask, what can you expect as someone walking into the garden right now? What are you guys growing? Tomatoes and squash is the big answer to that, right? Tomatoes everywhere, squash everywhere, um, peppers, pumpkins, I'm growing peanuts. Wow. Um, I'm growing green beans, uh, tomatillos, Italian peppers, lavender. I'm trying to grow cucumbers, but my uh, tomatillos have overshadowed them quite a bit. (laughs) What would you say was the most difficult vegetable or fruit you guys have tried to grow in the garden? Honestly, it's been a bad few years for the easiest vegetable in the universe to grow, which is tomatoes, <laughs> where folks, we, we, we say every year, like, this is going to be the year when... Yeah, tomatoes keep coming, have us coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've, tomatoes are not difficult to grow, but it's sometimes challenging with our heat and varmints to get them through... Bugs. Yeah, through um, the full season. But, I, you know, I don't think anything's really difficult to grow. It's the right conditions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most things grow. I think a lot of people say that they don't have a green thumb or that they kill plants. But, well, that was my experience. A lot of people who are trying to grow plants inside, I think that that's where they get that experience from. But if you try to grow it outside, it, things do grow. You give it a little bit of water and a lot of sunshine and they will grow. So um, I encourage everyone to keep trying. Right, right. You know, actually, I think winter is the best season for me. I know this is the season that we all think of, 
but winter in LA is the the best season for growing because you get all these beautiful greens and peas and you're not battling heat or insects in the way that you are in the summer but all seasons are good growing seasons here where we live right and where does the food go once it's been harvested well we've started something since covid we've really kicked it into gear where mostly people each family has their own plot and they're feeding themselves and their friends. But we have several plots now dedicated to food banks because so many people are vulnerable right now. So um, we've got several food bank plots and then gardeners themselves. We got a note this week, Janet wrote to say, I am sick of my chard. If you wanna take chard <laughs> to the food bank, please help yourself. So we're, we're working with a couple of food banks, one in Pasadena and one here in South Pasadena. And every week we bring donations to them that they then distribute to the folks that are being served by their food banks. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, right now with a lot of people, unfortunately they're being unemployed or just risking uh, going into the poverty line. That is an amazing thing that you guys are doing and so beneficial to the community. And I'm sure a lot of people are really appreciating getting you know, fresh fruits and vegetables and just all the greens that they could you know, possibly want. There are community gardens all over the basin that are doing that. There's a huge community garden off the 110, kind of right near Dodger Stadium called the Solano Canyon Garden that is huge. And they're doing really impressive things with food banks in downtown, um, growing food for folks who are at risk. So good stuff all over the city. Definitely. And would you say that that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have a community garden within your community? Sure. I think it's, you know, I think it's one of the many ways we can serve community. You know, there's so many folks who don't have access to dirt and sunshine and gardening that community gardens serve that function. But while they're serving that function, we can also feed other people too. So win-win. To add that one of the benefits to the community garden that I didn't realize when I joined was just an overall education about food. I had no clue before I started gardening what seasonality was because you go into a Trader Joe's and you can get a tomato in January. You know, there's, um, you look at the box and it comes from Chile, but <laughs> you, you could still get it. Um, so now I am really, even when I don't grow my own food, if I go to the store, I'm looking for things that are in season and fresh because it's just gonna taste better. Um, but if you eat, seasonally you're also spending less money on food and you're getting more nutrient I mean there's so many benefits so I think that that's one of the biggest benefits is educating the whole community and everybody who comes in about fresh food and organic and eating in season. Cool. And I definitely think it's especially beneficial too um, when you do get to know what is and isn't in season that's really beneficial when it comes to the transportation of fruits and vegetables because like what you're saying coming from Chile that's going to take <laughs> a huge impact on um, you know the environment and just getting it 
to the U.S., especially in California, it just takes a lot of time, energy, and burns a lot of fuel. So when you take that time to learn about what is and isn't in season, you do not only yourself a favor, but you do the world a favor. And you can even take that a step further by doing something like shopping at your local, um, your community markets. Yeah, I was about to say, I used to balk at um, the prices that people would charge at uh, farmer's markets. That say, how much do you want for these peas? Um, but now that I see what goes into growing them and I understand the freshness and the flow, you're just getting such a better quality product. So I would say um, support your farmer's markets and you're going to get some really good food. And just to quickly wrap up, um, what are your future goals for the garden? I don't know. We're, we're just hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're hanging on for COVID. <laughs> So I don't think we'll grow much because we've used our space almost entirely. There is sometimes talk about another community garden in South Pasadena, and we look forward to supporting that and helping to advise along the way. Um, so we would support more community gardens in the area, and our goal might be to do everything we can to help make that happen. And things, you know, projects come up, like a few years ago, we um, added on a children's garden within our community garden space. So it's a sensory garden for children that have things that they can plant and grow in their own space. And we have um, things that smell good and feel funny and all of that. So things like that might continue to improve the garden space based off the need of the people who are in the garden. And we should say in, in life after COVID, community members who are not part of the garden have always been welcome to come to our work days. And sometimes we get folks who do high school kids who are trying to get their volunteer hours in or just people who want to come in and help have always been welcome in the past. And we look forward to welcoming them in, in the future. They come for our workshops. They come to garden with us. They come to look around. So someday we'll be able to do that again. It's wonderful. And thank you guys so much too, just for being on the show and being able to talk to so much about the community garden and how much love is poured into the community garden as well as into the uh, public around the community garden. Well, thanks thank for having us. It's yeah. fun to share. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Thank you once again to the wonderful members of the South Pasadena Community Garden for this amazing interview. If you live in the South Pasadena area, please feel free to check out the Community Garden for volunteer opportunities, workshops, and events. If this is something you're interested in, you can find updates on their social media at South Pasadena Community Garden on Facebook and South Pass Community Garden on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning into Local Love, and see you all next week.